Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their multicultural mess and secular scam. My dear friends, hello and how are you doing today? I hope you're having a great day, a great weekend and relaxing. That's more important. Well, we're back to the podcast and I'm still doing well. I haven't gone back into a coughing fit, but it is, um, yes, absolutely uh, good to be healthy. Uh, well, we won't waste any time, and today we're going to get right down to it. We are talking about the economic crisis and the inflation in the Western Hemisphere, or should I say with Western nations. When I say Western nations, I'm talking about Europe. Uh, I am talking about America, the United States, and Canada. Uh, so what is causing the economic crisis what are the um, the numbers behind it and what are the causes behind it uh like everything i got i i've i done a lot of research on it um num- you know concepts that we knew before it's nothing new we've talked about this everyone talks about it it's basic concepts basic economics if you understand that it's the economics that you do at home okay uh economics that you do at home it's the same thing in the, on a larger scale uh and i saw a great video on unheard it's a youtube video a, a platform that talks about different issues uh there's a frenchman called vincent gove if i'm not mistaken um i can't remember his name but he's a great great uh, economist or person who who um researches uh, economics uh, foreign economics um uh world global economics and um he had a great video on youtube and i'm going to just break it down for you and and put all the knowledge together and go to the economic crisis uh that is plaguing our uh our civilization right now at the junction we are in today and we're going to pray that the wisdom of our ancestors um wisdom of the knowledge of our ancestors fills us and we may overcome obstacles so this is what we're doing we are having we are having talks we are having uh we are um having discussions we are discussing ideas we are sharing concepts we are introspecting and the knowledge the wisdom and um of our ancestors and their knowledge is now uh, through these conversations are passed on and we hope that through these conversations they pass on we might use this knowledge that we are sharing uh, across the board um to overcome obstacles that come in our way and by knowledge by wisdom we can calm the waves we don't have to get angry we don't have to use negative derogatory uh language we don't have to use violence uh we can have the conversation and once we have the conversation in our homes we'll have the conversation in our streets so the goal is to stop the violence in our homes and we'll stop the violence in our streets and we will be better uh so coming back to the economic crisis um and the turbulence that it's caused the economic violence that it's caused across the planet um what who is responsible for the economic crisis in Europe and the United States well um what we first say it's the war on Russia Ukraine Russia war okay western sanctions on russia um 
the U- the Russia Ukraine war, the Western sanctions, absolutely okay. But the problem already existed prior to the to the Ukraine Russia crisis, um, and this just exasperated it. Okay, because nothing happens in a bubble. It's like COVID. People who were really affected through COVID were people who already had prior uh, uh, conditions and they just got worse. That's the long and the short of the story. Um, and so if you're fine, they say, I, I think the, the word is, uh, you know, when you go for a swim, when the tide is low, it's only then that you know who's, who's swimming without any shorts on. Some people go into the water without any shots, but you don't see it because they're in the water. The moment the tide goes down, you will see those people. So basically, this war only brings out uh, the real financial situation of countries uh, that existed prior and have just been you know, ballooned out of proportion. So basically, they're swimming without shots. Uh, so like everything else, Energy drives your economics, okay? And that's why during the Trump era in the United States, the, the goal was on energy exp- um, produ- production, okay? So you see Trump was, uh, he tapped into fossil fuels, shale energy. Why? Because the U.S. was not uh, um, manufacturing its own energy. It, it was dependent on others. Um, well, it has one of the greatest reserves in the world, uh, but it's not always producing its energy. Um, and as a result of which, um, you know, energy came down, uh, energy prices were up, uh, it's, it was expensive. That means cost of production is great, is higher. So the first thing Trump did during his tenure was to make sure that he they invested and, and opened the taps for uh, the United States becoming a net producer of energy that means it didn't have to depend on external sources um and by large that was uh, the moment the production of energy went up the price of energy went down the price of energy went down production uh manufacturing went up uh manufacturing went up that means uh um Everything was in, in demand, uh, jobs, the jobless situation uh, went down, employment went up. They actually were missing um, employees. They had, they had vacancies of the vacancies for employees because the production level was so high and the, economic, and the energy production also was so low. Uh, sorry, the production of energy was low and the cost of energy was, uh, was uh, low. Did I say that right? Yes, I hope so. So anyway, that is the basis of of economics, energy. Once you control your energy, you control everything else, okay? Uh, Economics depends on on buying and selling of goods. Selling of goods, you need to produce the goods. In in order to produce the goods, you need absolutely to control your energy resources. In the ancient world, energy resources were slaves. Today... Uh, with the industrial revolution, the slavery is gone, and that industrial revolution was what gave the impetus to let go of the slaves. Um, and then afterwards, uh, because any industrial revolution needs uh, energy, also needs power, uh, coal, um, electricity, um, fuel, we had to now run after 
you know, fossil fuels, carbon, in order to, uh, to fuel our, our production capacity, to fuel our factories, and so on and so forth. Um, that's not easy to get because uh, energy prices are high. Not every the resources are a little compared to our needs. So they mean less supply, more demand. So energy prices are high, and sometimes uh, it can get really out of hand if you don't play your geopolitics correctly. Okay, so for the last twenty years, um, you know we've we've been really fortunate um, in energy production. Okay, uh, China sort of took over the market. We know China is a global powerhouse in manufacturing, and one of the reasons is they tapped into um, coal, which and increased their production seven times. Now, it the coal was cheap. Chinese coal was cheap. It led to a global production boom. Uh, because of cheap Chinese coal, uh, but because of that, the the air in China became so disastrous. People were coughing and dying uh, of lung problems. We remember the two thousand and eight uh, Beijing Olympics, and it was, um, you know, the 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 pollution was too much, was really, really high up there. And so by 2011, they, they couldn't do any coal anymore. They had to stop using coal or re reduce. But at that point, normally, if the coal was reduced, um, that means production would go up. Uh, production would, sorry, would go down. Prices of goods and services, because not produced in the same quantity, would go up. But that inflation uh, sort of never happened because they had uh, um, the U.S. had a shale revolution, shale energy. I don't know if you remember what it is. Um, so for another 10 years, they had muted inflation all over the world. OK, um, because instead of coal, now they have shale production, shale energy, and that sort of kept energy prices low. Uh, but but. But uh, at this time, because the energy production was low, the U.S. Tried, decides to go into war. Um, they threatened to go to war with Crimea in Russia, uh, with Russia. But Trump came along afterwards in 2017, and he stopped all, well, he didn't stop, but he, he never engaged in any wars with anyone. He didn't start wars on any front. He was the only U.S. president who did not start wars. And his energy production was high, meaning cost of energy was low. Um, and so there was no war with Russia because Russia, if they go to war, their Russia depends, uh, Russia depends on, on, on exporting uh, gas um and if if no one needs the gas if they put the taps off and they have sanctions on russia and they put the taps off um no one's going to buy russia's oil but if the if the if the us doesn't produce oil it's a net exp it's not an ex net exporter of oil it goes to these uh, net zero values uh, global warming so on and so forth if they are not a net producer of energy, that means they have to import energy resources. And because of that, the price is going up. Russia's making a lot of money. And by, by making a lot of money, they can go to war if they want to. And this is exactly what has happened. Um, so this is where we are looking at today. 
the moment Trump, Trump got off, uh, office, uh, Biden canceled the um, Keystone pipeline uh, coming from Canada. Uh, all of a sudden, all the... Um, in order to get Trump out of office, they went on the left and the liberals went on a suicide mission, literally, uh, using global warming and the fear of global warming to get Trump out of offices. Oh, he's, he's, he's destroying the climate, climate, he's destroying the climate. And Trump was like, oh, this is fraud. Uh, and so using the global energy crisis, they came back to power and they stopped producing so much of uh, carbon fossil fuels, which means uh, energy costs went higher, production reduced, and they are now dependent on uh, Russia. And so is Europe. Europe uh, shut down while well, France was dependent on nuclear reactors. They're not so much um, dependent on them anymore. They are they dependent. They got more and more dependent on Russia. They were sending, They were buying billions of dollars of Russian gas, um, and as a result, the rich their dependency on Russia uh, was twofold and tenfold compared to what it was earlier. Now, so this is the first front um, of war. the The West was at war with uh, climate change. Okay, they weaponized climate change and went to war with it, uh, re reduced their energy production. The moment they use, reduced their energy production, now they are dependent on other people, other countries, and as a result of which, um, everything is going up. All prices are going up. So, once Trump got out of office, now NATO uh, tries to uh provoke russia they provoke 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 russia russia gets angry and goes straight into battle and guess what you have the ukraine russia crisis so that's a two-front war you have one war with global warming um to reduce your net zero to become net zero and the other war is with russia a physical a war a geopolitical war with russia no country can afford a two Two term, two front war. No country. Um, the reality is energy shortages everywhere because they had to put sanctions. Energy prices go up. Once you have energy prices go up, production reduces. Uh, there's a constraint on the energy and there's a constraint of growth. So if your factories are not producing that much, and energy prices are high, you got inflation, my friends. Everything is going to go up because there's uh, more demand, less supply. Um, now, Russia, Europe put sanctions on Russia on their gas, and they're still using Russian gas, not to say what they're not using it anymore. Um, however, uh, it just got more expensive and less secure. So what exactly happened before? Uh, European companies signed long-term contracts with Russia and because they signed long-term contracts, um, you know, energy prices, they had cheap energy prices. They had low rates. They were given big discounts. But with the war, the sanctions came about. 
And with the sanctions, they stop buying oil or reduce their uh, the dependency on, on gas. Sorry, I apologize. Gas from Russia. Because they reduced their dependency um, on gas, now they had to cancel these contracts. So they had long-term contracts with cheap, uh, cheap fuel, cheap uh, gas. All of a sudden, they have, they're buying gas from the same people. They have to buy gas from Russia. They don't have a choice. But now they're at a day-to-day rate because they have, don't have a long-term contract. Russia is not going to give them the same rate. They say, oh, day-to-day rate means the prices have gone up. Guess what? And that's why Europe is in a crisis at this point. Um, so you have a two-front war now, an egg war against global warming, and now you have a war with Russia where your energy prices are gone super high. So as a um as a business entity, okay, um, businesses hate instability, uh, com- uh, you know, capitalism, commerce hates instability and uncertainty. So you don't have stability in your region. You have war going on. You don't know whether your your energy supply is going to come or not, at what price it's going to come, how you have to transfer that price onto your customers, how much are you going to charge your customers. All this is uncertainty. Business and commerce do not like uncertainty. They want stability, which means, you know, Production is is reduced. Production is descending. Uh, prices are going up. Um, so when you when you when you don't have um, when you have a project and you don't know what's going to happen in six months time. Um, you're really not going anywhere. Uh, and this is what Europe has done, my friends, uh, from long-term contracts, good with cheap fuel, they've come down to really cheap, uh, the really expensive one-day, day-to-day uh, purchases of fuel. Uh, and also, if they they buy fuel from else, other companies, um, they have to buy in USD, which means they have to sell euros in order to buy USD. They have to sell their goods and services. And that's why they were stressing on, remember the UK is stressing for a trade deal with India? Why? Because they need USD um, or they need, uh, because they need, if they have to buy their gas now from non-Russian uh, uh, companies. And so, because of that, uh, if they if they have to they buy USD, the the value of the euro is going down. The value of the euro is going down. The price of oil just the price of gas just went higher up. Uh, so it's really a win winless situation. It's not a win win situation. All this time, they were not only buying gas at a cheap rate from Russia. They were paying. They were trading in euros because they are trading in euros and and. Europe sanction uh, uses financial sanctions against Russia. Uh, they weaponize their financial system to stop the war. Uh, because of that, uh, they can't use euro anymore. Now they need USD, and at a price that is costing them a lot. This price is now transferred to the customer, and so you see high prices of gas and and heating of uh, oil. Um, and heating energy for for the winter for Europe, um, and so this is a huge huge problem. Uh, they have really played into the hands of Russia, um, and the value. Like I said, all of this, the euro goes absolutely down the tubes. Um, 
so basically that is one of the points okay besides their haphazardness uh, emotional sanctions that they put on russia without looking at um, options without looking at long-term consequences they went out out the door literally to uh, out of their way to put these sanctions and now they're paying the price for it so two front war you also have now buying high energy uh high uh, gas for your heating and for your production uh, of your of your factories and also you're paying it in usd you're not paying it in euro anymore uh also the same time the financial balance sheet of Europe and America is not pristine. So when you go into war, um, you know, you, you, you're, you're calculating, you know, can I afford this war? What is my balance sheet doing? What is my bank account doing? Now, in Europe and even in, in, in the US, the debt to GDP ratios is well over 100 percent. Budget deficits, uh, bu- budget deficits are five to ten percent of GDP. Debt to GDP ratios is over hundred percent or around that area. Current account deficits are five to six percent of GDP, uh, and and Europe has a services debt. They've got debt all across the place. Who's going to service it? So that's again a high price. Imagine, remember, they took a lot of money for COVID. Now that's added to their to their balance sheet. They have to service this debt, and they've already got debt to uh, GDP ratios over hundred percent around that budget deficits, current account deficits. So, so with this type of balance sheet, um, you know, you can't go to war. Definitely not a two front war. Russia, my dear friends, has got a pretty pretty good balance sheet. Very little debt. Very limited budget deficits. Massive current account deficits, um, and sorry, massive current account surpluses. Okay, so they've got a surplus current accounts, little debt, limited budgets. So you see, they, they're not they're not the ones suffering in this war. It's Europe with their stupid, uh, stupid ideas and and America and NATO with their su- stupid solutions, unthought of solutions, uncalculated solutions. And here we are. Now, both Europe and, uh, and America are giants, financial giants, but they are aging financial financial giants my dear friend they already already dwell up the markets they are not developing they are saturated and uh they are aging financial giants um and literally this is one of the reasons so they're going into the war with uh emotional uh consequences emotional um solutions and and weaponizing their financial system their balance sheet is not working they are dependent on russia and other countries for um for energy and and you, and you're asking for a a problem you're asking for inflation you're asking for everything that is happening to you remember america has sanctioned three countries one is iran one is venezuela and the other is russia all three countries produce 40% have got 40% of the world's energy resources 40% so if you're sanctioning everyone uh and then you're going to war with them didn't you think twice before uh did you not think that it's going to backfire uh, taking these emotional decisions um so yes just bear with me here won't be long
I have a little cat who came to visit me, and so I had to give him a little food. Um, he is really nice, actually. So back to a little podcast. I said U.S. and uh, uh, Europe are aging financial giants, um, and 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 this is is not looking good. So basically. In all this stability, you have production going down big time. No one, no company is going to build factories, manufacturing, uh, not going to undertake manufacturing if they are not sure that they are not going to get uh, energy supplies. If their energy supplies are day-to-day and their stability of energy supply is is um, is inconsistent, Um and so because there's no production or reduced production, uh, supply is low, um, inventories are low, demand is higher, and you get weaker growth. Weaker growth means high inflation. So um, they should have thought about this before they went to war. NATO went to war because NATO is behind the this war big time. Um, and they are the ones who are driving the war while they point the finger at Russia. We know behind the scenes it is NATO all the way. They did not think twice about this. I mean, um, I, I, I was told, or should I say in the video, uh, the YouTube video that I found out, uh, it says Churchill uh, made, not compromises, made a deal with Stalin. Okay, Stalin, we know, is responsible for killing thousands and millions of people, starving them. And Churchill ended up making a deal with Stalin. Okay, Stalin, now Putin is nowhere close to Stalin. He's not even close. But you're telling me you can't make a deal with Putin? And that's why they had problems with the Holocaust. They couldn't, they couldn't have any compromise with, uh, with Hitler. And because of that, you lost 60 million people, 60 to 65 million people during the Holocaust, World War II. Um, so when you don't make deals, you don't uh, leave the channels for discussion uh, and compromise open, you're going to end up with crisis. Crisis not only affects you um, physically with the war, but also affects you financially, especially if you're going to f- uh, weaponize your financial system. Um, now, it is important to know that because... The pro- one of the problems that arose in this modern day of social media, the perceptions are when something happens, something must be done immediately. Not wait, not uh, retract, not understand, not uh, take, uh, make any sense of the situation uh, with calm minds. No, react immediately. Uh, so we, they made bad, um, hasty decisions. And because we all live in a virtue signaling age, so we're virtue signaling everyone. The moment two seconds something happens, we're on on Twitter and Facebook and social media, and it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, no balanced approach to approach a problem, a situation, and uh, and and solutions and sanctions are put instantaneously without any thought given to it. Um, and so. We come back to the financial crisis which this has caused, the economic crisis and the inflation. Um, we see in that the ruble, the, the, crisis, the, the value of the ruble has gone up. And um, 
Europe did made very bad decisions. Europe and, and the and the West made bad decisions to weaponize their financial system. Russia, on the other hand, saying, "Okay, well, if you're going to weaponize your financial system, I'm going to weaponize my energy," and that's exactly what they did. Um, so Russia, what happens? They started trading with energy uh, with China. Okay, and all this time uh, it was USD. Um, now they are selling to China and telling China, well, you know, in any case, I have no use for the USD. You pay me in Chinese currency. It's the renminbi, if I'm not mistaken. If I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. So China's buying in. All China has to do is print more currency, and because currency is not attached to any. Um, um, any any foundation uh, like gold, as it was, as we mentioned in the last uh, podcast, it's not attached to gold. So because of that, uh, it you can just print currency. It has no value. So China is going to print currency, buy buy uh, gas from from cheap gas from Russia, and they're seeing all the way to the bank. They're getting cheap contracts because they have long-term contracts. They're not buying on a day-to-day basis. So their production now of uh, goods and services, manufacturing is going to go back up because they have cheap energy. And they are not going to be buying coal from someone else or energy supplies from from other uh, Arabian nations. Why? Because Russia is providing them not only with cheap energy, but Russia is saying, you can pay me in Chinese currency. Now, what is China, Russia going to do with Chinese currency? Well, the only thing Russia is going to do is, is buy uh, goods and services from China instead of buying it from Europe. So all this time, Russia would say, uh, Russia would sell to Europe in euros. And, uh, uh, and they would use the euros to uh, buy goods and services um, inventory from Europe. So your Mercedes-Benz, your cars, your computers, Apple computers, all of these, because they had euros, they had dollars. Uh, so not only now they are not doing business to that extent with, with Europe and, and, and America, they're not buying the goods and services for uh, the Russian market from Europe. So Europe has lost that market. Instead, they are buying Chinese goods and services because now they've got Chinese currency because they're selling their, their energy to China in their currency. Uh, in Chinese currency, um, and guess what? Because they are buying, because they are selling to China in um, uh, in Chinese currency. They are buying Chinese. They need to spend that currency, and so they are, they are buying Chinese products, Chinese services, and Europe has lost out on that market. Uh, now. Russia and China make very good partners, uh, two good bedfellows. Okay. Pick any commodity in the world, and Russia is one of the top three exporters. Okay, um, now, so China has got the market for it, and it's it's it, what China has. Russia doesn't have what Russia has. 
China has. So China needs to import a lot of commodities. Russia's got it. China needs a lot of uh, gas. China's got it. Sorry, uh, I apologize. China needs a lot of commodities. Russia's got it. China needs a lot of gas. Russia's got it. And whatever China has, uh, Russia doesn't have. And whatever Russia doesn't have, China has. So they make a very good couple. And all these years, the American foreign policy was to keep these two apart because they knew if these two got together, then the United States would pretty much be over and the Western world would be over. Um, but this war, this fabricated war of NATO, just pushed Russia into the corner. And guess what? They literally have literally uh, signed, they, they have uh, given birth to this new, uh, this war has given birth to the new um, couple that is now Russia and China, because they have to depend on each other for the simple fact that U.S. is against China now, and the U.S. is also against um, Russia. So, you know, if you're not going to do business with me, I'll do business with someone else. And China doesn't care about what's your ideology. China never cares about ideology. They just care about their money and how much they're making and selling. Um, so basically, uh, what they've done is they've pushed Russia towards China. And now once that deal is made, there's no looking back. Uh, on top of that, there's a de-dollarization going on with BRICS. Um, what the Americans did and what Europe did is send a message to the world by weaponizing their financial system, um, you know, banning the use of uh, SWIFT, SWIFT by Russian companies uh, and so on and so forth. So by weaponizing their system, they send a message to the world like, if we can do this for Russia, we can do this for everyone else. So what is the world going to do? Well, you know, if I'm going to be the next one, I'm not doing business with you. Point number one, I'm not dealing with your currency. You deal with my currency because I know you can seize my currency at any time. So I have no trust in you. Financial systems work on trust. If you do not have trust, if you break the trust, you will not only lose in the short term, you will lose in the long term. So you do not do this. But that's exactly what Europe has done. Now, I'm not against, I'm not for war. I'm not for the war in Ukraine on Russia. Just let's get that straight. Uh, I'm against violence at any cost, okay, no violence uh, in any form or, or fashion, whether it's physical, verbal, ideological, sexual, uh, imperial, no violence. So I'm just stating the economic factors that have gone on behind the scenes with this war. So this is what has happened. Now, if Europe did not have a bad energy policy. Um, if they had invested in the energy sector, um, they would not be in this situation. They have not invested in energy. And so they've made something like the Ukraine-Russia war possible and Putin possible. Uh, so it's the West fault with bad investment, financial mess, and a great and generated this uh, war. And now they're blaming Putin. Um, if this was the reverse, the Russian war what would not have been possible today. Um, all this net zero is absolutely ridiculous. Global warming is ridiculous. In 2000, 86% of the world energy was met by carbon. After all this global net zero co consensus, 
all the noise they're making, 84% of the world's energy is still made by carbon. We've only reduced it by 2%. So we've got a long way to go. So this stupid, ridiculous net zero is absolutely ridiculous. Yes, we need solutions. Yes, we need to get out of carbon. But it's also important to understand it's not going to happen to tomorrow. And coupled with bad a balance sheet, coupled with an energy crisis, coupled with de-dollarization, you understand now that they are doing this on purpose. Uh, they've made many mistakes, Europe and the West. They're doing this on purpose. And that's why they're demonizing uh, Putin. Because he's bad, he's this, he's fascist. So anyone who they don't like, they just call fascist. They spit on them, uh, degrade them, character assassinate them. And here we go. Now, you know what's happening with de-dollarization um, in India. We are trying to get off the dollar. And guess who's in charge of this? Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister, and that's why they are weaponizing Rahul Gandhi. They are giving all support to Rahul Gandhi to pretend that democracy is at fake, democracy is at stake, oh my God, minorities are at stake. Why? Because they need to stop the de-dollarization of India. Um, and that is why we are, Rahul Gandhi is on a roll. He doesn't really care about democracy. He doesn't know two cents about democracy. Neither does he understand anything about finance or economics. Um, but they've been weaponizing him only to use him as a stick, as a yardstick, to stop Modi from doing what, they, what he's doing, de-dollarization. And, and this comes after demonetization, because we know with demonetization, all these crooks and these mafia came hunting down. Now they know that Modi means business. And so, well, if they, he de-dollarizes, it's going to get 20 times worse. And that will send inflation skyrocketing across the board. And that's why we're also seeing these banks collapse. Um, so my, my friends, this is the long and short of the story. This is the reason why inflation was, is caused. This is the reason why um, there's an economic crisis in, in the West. Um, and it's important to understand this, important to understand the nuances behind this, the plus, the minus. It's very simple. It's all about energy and, and making sure you have good balance statements, uh, bank balance, current account balance statements, just like in your home. Um, but this is on a global scale. And you have to understand the politics, the geopolitics behind this and all the screaming that is going on. Uh, but uh, India will prevail. Um, and and we will go on from there to be a better country and not fall for these shenanigans of people like uh, Rahul Gandhi who sold his soul to the devil in order to uh, rise up to power and and destroy the country, socialist uh, destruction of the country um, from the inside. So on that note, I'll, I'll leave you today. I thank you for your time. I wish you a great day. Uh, a great weekend and we will meet tomorrow. Thank you and cheers.